the Sideways, Book One, Awake, written and narrated by Andy Havens. If you're enjoying the podcast or you've enjoyed the written book, we'd always appreciate a share on your favorite social network. That's www.the-side-ways.com. Thanks for listening. As they approached the gate of the topiary garden, Mercure, the stone gargoyle, appeared from around the corner of the entrance tunnel. He sat calmly on the other side of the iron bars, looking to Kendra like a big, goofy dog, just waiting for his master to finally come home. She reached into her backpack for the iron key, but then heard a voice behind her. Kendra, so nice to finally meet you in person. The man stepping out from behind a nice town car was, Kendra thought, the platonic ideal of the suave, elegant, slightly uptight European business patriarch. His hair, while a bit thin on top, was neatly quaffed and was at that stage of salt and pepper where experienced turns into distinguished. His skin was the deep olive of a Mediterranean native, either Greek or Italian, Kendra guessed, and was only lined at the corners of his mouth and eyes. More smile lines than wrinkles, really. He was wearing a neat tan suit with an open-collared, cream-colored shirt. As he stepped forward and extended a hand to her, Kendra noticed that his cufflinks were made of a dark green gem of some kind, backed by gold. She shook his hand, and it was the nicest, firmest, most friendly handshake she'd ever experienced. Not too strong, like he had something to prove. Not weak and timid. Not too warm or too cold. Just... Alive. He feels alive. And he feels like he knows he's alive. And he likes it. This was a man to be trusted. A man to be liked, or even loved. His eyes, Kendra now saw, were light gray, like sea foam and had a little merry twinkle to them as he smiled. What a great smile, she thought. Such a nice man. He seems so friendly. She realized that he was what she'd hoped he'd be. His correspondence about the job had always been friendly in a business-like manner, but she'd imagined that a man that owned and cared for such beautiful gardens would have to himself be wise and beautiful, and it seems like he is. Mr. Vernon, she said a little nervously, I'm, I'm glad to meet you. I'm glad to meet you, too. I've, I've always wanted to thank you in person for the job. It's, it's been great. He waved away her thanks, gesturing towards the gate. It's nothing. Why don't you come in and we'll talk about your recent adventures? I'd love to hear all about your travels. He held out his hand and Kendra gave him the key. After he unlocked the gate and it was swinging inward, Mirkir scooted outside and jogged around Kale and sniffing at the greenman's legs and backside. Bardones, the stone creature said simply. Yes, yes, Kaolin reached down and thumped Mirkir a few times on his stony head. But I didn't bring you any crusts. Sorry, no time. If a stone-winged foo-dog can look crestfallen, Mirkir did. Kendra almost laughed at how comically similar he seemed to a fat bulldog who'd been denied a treat. 
As Rain swung the gate fully open, another voice called from behind them. I'm not sure you should go in there, Kendra. They all turned, and there was Wallace. He looked disheveled, to say the least. There was dirt on both his knees. His hair was in a wild state of messiness. He had a little blood caked on one nostril, and... You're missing a shoe, Kendra said to him. Wallace looked down, looked back up, and looked down again. Yes, uh, well, it's, uh, back in, uh, he gestured behind him, thought better of explaining, and simply shrugged. I wanted to get here as quickly as possible. With a gracious and sincere smile, Vernon said, uh, You're welcome to join us, son. We can get you cleaned up. Maybe a spare pair of shoes. There's nothing we'll talk about that needs to be a secret from... I don't need to clean up, Wallace interrupted, but I would like to listen, to hear what you have to say. Kendra may have some questions, some questions I can help with. Rain nodded, still smiling. That's fine. Come inside. As I said, you're welcome to. I don't think she should go in there. Kendra looked at Mr. Vernon, very patient, very wise, very friendly. And then at Wallace, very dirty, very agitated, very nervous. I trust agitated and nervous more than patient and friendly, she realized. There's a juice bar just around the corner with some tables and chairs outside. It's a nice enough day. Let's get something to drink and we can all hang out and have a chat. Vernon looked like he wanted to argue the point, but decided it wasn't that big a deal. Nodding and smiling, he handed the key to Kaolin, who locked the gate and waved for Merkir to follow him. Uh, "'Whatever's best for you, dear,' he said, and gestured for Kendra to lead the way. As they walked, Kendra realized she could hear Merkir's stone feet tapping on the sidewalk and the shuffle slap of Wallace's one-shoe-off gate. She could hear the birds chirping and the traffic and the breeze, the faint sound of people talking in the distance or in apartments with the windows open. It seemed as if the world became more alive to her every day since her awakening.' Leading the small group around the corner, she asked, Does anybody else want something? I'm really thirsty. Rain and Kaolin shook their heads, but Wallace said, Just some water, please. And Merker growled, Something crunches. Sure thing. Inside the juice bar, she experienced the same awareness of her senses, but this time for smell. There was the clean scent of a shop well scrubbed, the aroma of coffee drinks and cream and sugar, a mix of fruits that, when she tried, she could separate out into orange, strawberry, and banana, and something fake, some kind of sugary, syrupy taste smell that wasn't anything ever grown on a vine or a tree or a bush. "'Can I help you?' the young guy behind the counter asked. "'A mundane,' she thought, without even realizing it. "'Yeah, uh, bottled water, an O.J. fizzy, and,' she looked through the glass at the snacks, a couple of those biscotti. Sure thing, the guy said. She could tell without trying that he was twenty years old, that he had just gotten over a cold a few days ago and was still feeling a bit logy. She knew without knowing how that he was left-handed, had an iPhone in his back pocket, and was going to have to have his wisdom teeth out within the next year or so. What kind of biscotti? he asked, opening the case. I don't know, she said. One of each? He nodded and put three differently marbled pieces into a paper bag. As she handed him a five, he looked down at her hand and said, Nice ring. Looks vintage. She nodded, having forgot about the red glass ring that Vanya had given her. Just two weeks. 
but it seemed so much longer, she thought. Keep the change, she said, tucking the bag beneath her arm and taking the drinks in her hands. Thanks, he said, behind her as she pushed the door open with her hip. Outside again, Wallace took the drinks from her, put them down on a cheap wrought-iron table, and pulled out a cheap wrought-iron chair for her. Mr. Vernon and Kaelin were already sitting. Good thing we didn't all want food, she thought, sitting down. These tables are barely big enough for a couple drinks. Remembering the biscotti, she opened the bag and let them fall out onto the ground next to Merkier. He wagged his little stumpy stone tail twice in thanks, and began to crunch one of them with such gleeful violence that the sound drowned out any chance of conversation. Merkier, Kaolin chided. The gargoyle looked up, the stump of the biscotti sticking out of his mouth like a little cigar, and Kendra laughed out loud, which made Merkier smile, which made him drop the biscotti, which made everyone smile. Take those off a bit, will you? The greenman chided gently. And don't choke on them. Merkir scooped all of them up in his mouth sideways and carried them off a ways, chuffing happily. While they could still hear the crunching, it wasn't close enough to be distracting. Just funny. On behalf of my friend, uh, thank you, Kendra. No biggie, she said. He seems like a fun little guy. Vernon and Kaolin shared a bit of a meaningful look at each other, but said nothing. Kendra shook her head. I know, I know. I assume he's also a terrifically dangerous and powerful mini-god or something, but he also seems like a fun little guy. Kaelin chuckled, and Vernon smiled a bit wider, saying, I imagine you've seen a lot of things like that over the past few weeks, both interesting, fun, and maybe a little dangerous. Kendra nodded, sipping at her drink through a large purple straw. I have to remember to drink this slowly, she thought. They always give me brain freeze. It's been a weird time, for sure. And I assume you have some questions. She nodded again. Lots, but one in particular. Rain Vernon smiled and spread his palms in a gesture that said, Ask whatever you like. Did you know I was a potential reckoner when you hired me? Rain remembered what Gareth Ezer had said about truth, a rather blunt instrument. But it's all I have at the moment, he thought. I did know. Kendra nodded. I figured out as much. Too much. Uh, synchronicity? Wallace ventured. Slurping slowly, she nodded. That, yes. They were quiet for a moment, Kendra sipping and thinking. In the distance, she could hear Merkir licking the sidewalk with his stone tongue, which sounded like a cross between sandpaper on cement and crushing ice in a blender. Is that it? asked Vernon. No other questions. Kendra put down the drink so that the icy junk could melt into the juicy sludge. Oh, no, plenty more questions. But that was the most important, I think. What's the next most important? What's wrong with my mother? That's not what I was expecting, he thought. What do you mean? Rain asked aloud. She has a half-brother who's a reckoner, a guy from release. Name is Bran, Bran Alex. He's the one who helped me get out of Monday's puzzle. I see, Rain said, but not about something being wrong with your mother. I'm a reckoner, and somehow got, I don't know what to call it, stunted, turned off, abandoned, whatever, cut off from the waves. Yes. And my mother seems very, I don't know, cut off seems like a good as term as any, absent, in some sense, like she's missing something, 
Wallace interrupted. Shut up, Wallace, Kalin said, a hint of anger in his voice. Let her ask questions. It's not going to work like that, Wallace said. I'm here to help Kendra make a good decision, an important one, and that means giving her all the information we have. What information? Kendra asked, leaning in towards Wallace and taking one of his hands in hers. He drew back, pulling his hand away, looking a bit shocked at the contact. Your mother was a reckoner of release, too, Wallace said. She lost the ways when she tried to switch over to increase to be with your father. My father? I never heard anything about... That's the truth, Vernon said, and Kaolin, there's no need to keep anything from her. The Crow's prediction. The undeclared murder of your Greenman stuck in his mind, and Rain felt the need to keep the Greenman calm. Not that he wasn't, just better to be friends. Kaolin nodded, his face serious. My understanding, Vernon went on, is that, yes, your mother lost the ways during an attempt to switch to increase at your father's request, while she was pregnant with you. She was badly changed during the attempt, and there was a fear that your life might be at risk if you were raised a reckoner. Thus, the drugs and the therapy with Dr. Leone. Kendra nodded. And you took me on as a gardener to keep an additional eye on me? Rain nodded. If you could have made it through to full adulthood as essentially a mundane, we believed you would then be safe to lead a normal life. As a chaotic, Kaelin put in. Vernon held up a hand to silence the Greenman. Yes, as a mundane. Uh, but somehow something in you triggered the ways in my topiary. Then, not knowing about your history, Kaelin brought you to the library where... He spread his hands in a we-all-know-the-rest gesture. Kendra frowned. That reminds me of another question I wanted to ask. Why did you take me to the library, Kaelin? The Greenman looked at Vernon quizzically. The gardener nodded. Just the truth, my friend. Kaelin shrugged and said, I had disappointed Rain recently. If I had done so again, it might have had implications for my future. You were scared of getting in trouble? The Greenman sighed. Yes, pretty much. I knew I could get the topiary cleaned up before that night's, uh, before Rain would notice anything had gone wrong. I assumed a librarian would, I don't know, find you to be an interesting problem. They like puzzles, sight, and that would get me out of it. Kendra nodded and sat thoughtfully toying with a straw in her drink. Finally, she asked simply, And my father? His name was Morgan White, said Wallace. I looked him up while some of my ways were out searching for Vanya and you. He was fairly high up in increase. There is a record of an internal judgment against him that was made public, so that the other houses would know that he didn't represent increase anymore. Beyond that, there are no details that I could easily find. According to my sources, Vernon added, he was banished from increase and was killed in a duel less than a year after your birth. That can't be true, Kendra said. Why not? Kaelin asked. Hang on, Kendra said, and she fumbled through her pack for a bit, finally finding the copy of the magician's nephew that she had somehow brought with her out of the first part of Monday's Way. Opening it to the title page of the book, she saw... It's gone. The inscription is gone, she thought. It's gone, she said aloud. What's gone, my dear? Vernon asked. The world seemed suddenly very quiet and still, and for a moment 
Kendra wondered if everything that had happened to her since she stopped taking her meds was, in fact, a hallucination. That would be comforting in a way, wouldn't it? she thought. I could go back on my meds, maybe even more of them, maybe spend some time in a program or a hospital or whatever they call the loony bin these days. Somewhere where girls don't have wings and roads don't move under your feet and the stars don't talk to each other. Kendra? Wallace asked. Are you all right? I am not all right. Something is not right, she thought. I'm missing a piece of myself. A piece of me is missing. Rain reached out and touched her shoulder, kindly, warmly. She looked up at him, and he was smiling slightly in sympathy. Come with us, dear. You love working in the gardens. You have a knack. Mercure clearly likes you. He nodded down at the stone creature who was looking up at her, saying, More, please, in the universal language of dogs and, apparently, gargoyles. She looked up at Wallace. She's confused and scared, he thought. I understand that. You don't have to join sight, he said, but you can come to the library until you figure things out. You're a reckoner now. We can help you find out whatever you need to know to choose a house. I don't know, she said softly. She had the book. The book was real. It had come out of the library, that was sure. Maybe I pulled it off a shelf in there, she thought, and the rest was a dream. Vernon waved his hand, indicating the day around them. Beautiful blue sky, puffy clouds, the smells of summer in the air, the sounds of birds and children. His gesture seemed to say, All this can be yours. You are not a watcher, Kendra. You are a creator, a doer, a gardener in whatever soil you finally choose. I don't think the library would make you happy, and you don't have to choose today, but I tell you truly, I think Earth is the right domain for you. Shaking off her confusion, Kendra closed the book and looked at Rain Vernon, making a decision. No, not Earth. Not today. Not ever. You knew about my past, about my parents, and you didn't tell me anything. I th think you're a nice man, and we're trying to do the right thing, but I couldn't ever forget that. Rain frowned, looking disappointed. I'm sorry you feel that way. Are you absolutely sure? She thought about it one last time. Though he seemed very nice, in the back of her mind was a whisper that reminded her, he created the Sky Woman and the Sky Cat. His pleasant, mild, European professor bit isn't all there is to him. No, not Earth, and not Sight. I'm not sure about the others. I'll have to. Rain reached into his jacket pocket and took out a white envelope about the size of a Hallmark card, maybe a bit bigger. Placing it on the table between them, he gestured for Kendra to open it. Uh, what is that? she asked. It's for you, he said simply. So I figured. But what is it? Open it and find out, Vernon said. Wallace was scowling, looking suspicious, and Kaelin seemed impatient for the entire situation to resolve itself one way or the other. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter, she thought. I'm going to find Vanya and maybe join Chaos and maybe get a job at Bardone's or maybe another sanctuary where it's safe. Hesitantly, she slipped a finger under the flap of the envelope. It had clearly been closed by a way, 
and she felt it melt under her touch, a seal that anyone but her wouldn't have been able to break as easily. She opened the envelope and pulled out a single folded piece of heavy paper. On it was written in the same handwriting she remembered from the inscription in the magician's nephew the following. My dearest Elania, I know you are afraid, but you must quit your house and join me in mine. The danger you've been warned of is not real. It is a tale told to frighten children and to keep the houses in line. No reckoner has ever lost the ways by changing domain. If you wait much longer, if your pregnancy begins to show, Lady Percy will absolutely forbid you to join me. And if Gareth knew what we were planning, he too would forbid our union. Meet me under the willow by the boathouse. Once we are together, truly together, we will find peace. Yours, Morgan. It makes sense, thought Kendra. People in love do stupid things. Morgan, my father, must not have known that it really was possible to lose the ways like that. Like what happened to her. She read it three times, then looked up at Rain. Mr. Vernon, is this real? Is it true? With profound sympathy, he nodded. It was given to me by someone whom I trust, and who told me explicitly that it was the truth. Earth, sight, release, and increase, all with some kind of hold on my past or something that makes me distrust them, she thought. That leaves blood, chaos, and flux. My mom's father was from flux, right? And I like Vanya, but she's apparently an assassin? And blood tried to kidnap me, I think? In the restaurant? That leaves flux, which I know nothing about. What are you thinking, my dear? Vernon asked kindly. That I need more time to think, she said softly. Standing up, she continued, I'm going back to Bardone's. Wallace nodded in agreement. Vernon heard a whisper on the wind. If she will not join you, then you must kill her. No, you are coming back to the topiary with us, Vernon said firmly. You can think there, and I honestly believe you're better off in the domain of Earth than anywhere else. Kendra looked at him blankly. No, she said simply, I'm going to Bardone's. Bring her to the garden, Vernon said to Kaelin. I have a call to make, then I'll be back very soon. Lock the gates once you're in, all of them this time. The Greenman looked back and forth between Vernon and Kendra, clearly a bit perturbed. Must I repeat myself? Vernon asked, and Kendra heard steel in his voice for the first time, the flip side of the kindly European professor. The general who will not be disobeyed. Kaelin shook his head. I understand, was all he said. He motioned for Merkir, who looked more confused than usual. If she runs, he said to the gargoyle, bring her back. Merkir nodded seriously, but then he looked up at Kendra, broke into a wide smile, and said, It's okay. I found a frisbee yesterday. She laughed and almost went along with the greenman and the stone creature, but then she remembered the writing in her book and the Sky Woman, and that Mr. Vernon had apparently known about her for many years. He'd done nothing to help with her condition, maybe even... Pulling away from the table slightly, she asked, Mr. Vernon, did Dr. Leon know about my parents? Mercure scooted a bit closer to her under the table. Vernon thought for a moment, then said, Your therapist? 
I don't think so. She's a mundane, after all. That's a mistake, Kendra thought. Dr. Leone said she had never heard of you. So why do you know her? She decided to push that wedge a little harder. That's weird, Kendra said, because looking back, she had a set of therapy cards that I could swear were laced with some kind of way. I didn't know that at the time, of course, but if I think about it, yeah, I, I bet they were made by a reckoner. Vernon looked confused now and a little impatient. They might have been a gift. We don't keep completely apart, you know. And it might have been a gift or a curse. Who knows from a reckoner? Why do you ask? Somewhere above them, a crow cried out. In his mind, Vernon heard again. If she will not join you, you must kill her. Kendra, let's go into the garden. I will make some calls to some friends, and we'll get you some more information. You don't have to make a decision now, but you should stay where we can keep you safe. So you don't know anything about the cards? Kendra asked. No, I don't know anything about any cards, Vernon said. Dr. Leone never mentioned them to you. No, she never did. She wouldn't talk about a patient, I don't think, confidentiality and all. There it is, Kendra thought, a blatant lie, either from her about him or vice versa. She took another step back. Merker moved closer to her again, and Kaolin stood up, as did Wallace. I missed something, Vernon thought. Something changed. What? All I said was that I hadn't ever heard anything about any cards, which is true. Why should that matter to her? And then it clicked. As far as Kendra is concerned... I don't know, Leon. Kendra could see that Vernon now realized his mistake. Dr. Leon said she'd like to meet you. She was impressed by the idea of using computers to track plants. Vernon thought for one moment about trying to cover his tracks, trying some other little lie or covering tactic to smooth over what he'd said, but frankly, he'd had enough. Two weeks of Ezer breathing down my neck, Wanting this girl, he thought. Years of keeping tabs, years of pretending to befriend that sycophantic Leone chronic. All for what? To make sure that this little girl doesn't become a reckoner, and then it happens anyways by mistake. In my garden, which Ezra told me to let her into in the first place, for the love of mother. Though Earth has no single warden or ruler, she has just a few masters. And Rain Vernon was one, and he was tired of acting the flunky, the messenger, and the babysitter. The change that came over him made Kendra physically flinch, and Wallace actually backed up a few feet, stumbling off the curb. It was like watching a blue sky turn gray very quickly as a summer storm raced in, a storm with clouds that held the promise of lightning. Take her to the garden and keep her there. Vernon said quietly, take Hale in. I'll be back in an hour or so. The Greenman reached out and held Kendra's arm in a strong, slightly painful grip. She noticed again that he had an extra knuckle on each finger, though that no longer seemed strange to her, just part of the new world she'd discovered, a world that was now dragging her down a path that made her afraid. No, she whispered, but he either didn't hear or didn't care, 
As she looked at his hand, she realized that the greenman was casting away on her as well. Something like vines were seeping out from under his palm and beginning to creep up her arm. She didn't know what to do. I'm frightened, parrot girl, she thought. You helped me last time, when the blood soldiers came for me. Will you help me again? But there was no winged Alice, no girl flying down on great green wings. I guess I'm on my own. She looked more carefully at the way. As the vines spread further up and down her arm, she could feel them holding her, stopping her muscles from doing what she wanted, cold like clear water in a stream, like rock in winter. In a moment they'd be up around her neck, and then she'd have to go wherever the greenman led. Time seemed to slow. She saw Vernon looking at her, waiting for her to follow Kale and back around the corner to the topiary. Mercure was still grinning, still looking forward to having a new playmate in his yard, she supposed. The vines were at her shoulder, her arm was numb, and she was beginning to feel sleepy, disconnected, as if the vines weren't just holding her, but sapping her energy. She could feel Kaelin's way the same as she'd seen Vars back at Bardone's, saw that he was applying his knowledge of the world, his understanding, and his power, and his will. Earth was powerful and still. Earth grew vines that choked trees and crushed rock over time. Earth could wait and turn and wait again, and eventually she would turn and follow. And, just as the vines were about to creep around her throat, her head lolled forward, and she caught a glimpse of shiny red, a ring. Was I wearing a ring? I should do something with the ring. Hardly thinking now, she leaned over and brought her fist down hard on the metal tabletop, shattering the red glass bauble in the ring Vanya had given her. A pulse of power ran up her arm and mixed with the vines, merging into them, turning them a sick, blackish red. Kaelin, surprised and angry now, tried to release her, but he couldn't let go of the way. He brought his other hand around to pull at her shoulder, trying to pry his hand off her arm, but it got caught, too. The black, bloody color moved up the vines and into his fingers, over his skin, first his hands, then his arms, then his chest and neck turned the color of dried, corrupted clay. Kendra could see it happen, as if the instructions for the way were written in clear, precise words. It's not chaos, she realized. It's flux. And flux was change, turning power back on itself. Growth becomes cancer, she thought. Growth becomes blight, a swarm of locusts, a cholera epidemic, poison, too. They are all of earth. They all grow. Kaelin made a sound in his throat like a tree collapsing in a forest, a far larger noise than she thought should have been possible. His entire body had gone tense, and he looked as if he was going to shake apart. Kendra looked around, but it seemed that none of the mundanes had heard, and if any reckoners were nearby, they were keeping a distance from the spectacle. The unhealthy black-red color crept up into the greenman's face, surrounding his eyes. Looking down, Kendra could see that the vines of his way were turning gray and starting to flake off. She pulled hard and they ripped away, taking three long fingers of his hand with them, still clinging to her arm. 
She brushed at them with her other hand, and they crumbled into moist chunks of dust. The greenman turned his head down to look at Merkier, who seemed confused. Then he looked up at Vernon, and seemed to find some kind of peace, the muscles of his face and neck relaxing. Without a word, he turned his face to the sky, and exhaled one last time, the whites of his eyes finally filling with the red sickness. When he fell, his body burst into hundreds of dried, rotten fragments that the wind began to pick up, breaking them into flakes that looked like ash.